Welcome to Health Essentials, a Cleveland Clinic podcast. There's so much health advice floating around, online, among friends, but who can you really trust? Trust the experts. Listen to the world's brightest medical minds, our very own Cleveland Clinic experts. We ask them real questions, tough and intimate health questions, and we get real answers, all originally recorded live. Hi, thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Nada Youssef, and today I am back with the one and only Dr. Mark Hyman. Thank you for Hello being everybody. here. Dr. Mark Hyman is the director of Cleveland Clinic Center for Functional Medicine. He's also an 11-time number one New York Times bestselling author and an internationally recognized leader, speaker, educator, and advocate in his field. Now, functional medicine is a full comprehensive approach for an individual to help their body heal and stay healthy. So it's really important to talk about this approach as we approach the holidays. And the holidays will bring us joy, laughter, and a whole lot of food and sweets. So today we're going to get you back to the dinner table, and we're going to have strategies and tips from Dr. Hyman along the way. So before we begin, please remember this is for informational purposes only, and it's not intended to replace your own physician's advice, unless Dr. Hyman is your physician. So thank you so much for coming back. Oh, you're <laughs> welcome. So it is the season for food and dessert. Yes, this is when people go downhill, right? Yes. So Everything. I wanted to talk about like how are we going to start? First, you always talk about how fork is the most powerful tool, yeah. and how food is medicine. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that just to start. I mean, it's so true. You know, we we are running an amazing program at the Center for Functional Medicine called Functioning for Life, which is a shared medical appointment, basically a group visit, which we do over 10 weeks. And we just had some amazing stories of people who use food to cure all sorts of illnesses. One woman, Janice, she was 65, morbidly obese, type 2 diabetes, uh, on insulin for 10 years, heart failure, uh, kidney, early kidney failure, liver starting to go, high blood pressure, felt like you know what, and uh, was just on a pile of medication. Uh, and she did the program when the first three months she uh, reversed her heart failure. She got off insulin in three days. She was off all her medications in three months. Uh, she, yeah, it was pretty amazing, three days. Uh, she eventually lost you know, 43 pounds the first three months. Her kidney failure improved, liver got better. And now, uh, now it's about five months out. She's lost 63 pounds. Uh, and it just keeps getting healthier. Uh, and it's, it's not any drug that can do that. When you use food as medicine, when you understand what food is, it's not, just, uh, it's not just energy or calories. It's actually information. It's like the instructions that can upgrade or downgrade your biological software with every bite. It changes your gene expression. It changes your hormones. It changes your brain chemistry. It changes your immune system. It changes your even gut microbiome with every bite. That bacteria swamp in there that's basically controlling so much of your biology, all controlled by what you eat. And so when you look at food in that light, all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, this is far more effective than a lot of conventional drugs or other treatments when applied correctly because um, it just works at so many levels. It doesn't work just by one pathway like a drug with all sorts of side effects. And the side effects are all good ones, you know, weight loss, energy, feel good, right. right? And so when you understand how to use it, and we didn't put her on a weight loss program. She wasn't on a weight loss program. She was using food as medicine to create health. And as you create health, disease goes away as a side effect. So really, really important to understand that what you put at the end of your fork is often more powerful than anything in a prescription bottle. Yes, yes for acute care medicine, we need drugs for sure. Mm -hmm. But for chronic diseases and for the kinds of things we're seeing increasingly around the world, food is the most powerful drug. So with functioning for life, 
just a kind of like a general explanation, what kind of food are they exposed to? What, what do they learn? Well, we, we teach people to eat in a way that helps them thrive. So we're not treating a particular disease. And regardless of what the patient's issues are, if we eat people, uh, put people on a, on a way of eating, it's not a diet, it's a way of eating that's anti-inflammatory, that's low in starch and sugar, that's high in the right fats, that's high in fiber, that has lots of plant foods, plant-rich, not necessarily plant-based, but plant-rich diet, get out all the junk, get all the processed food, you know, add in all the good stuff, take out the bad stuff, the body just naturally responds and heals. Sure. Okay, well, let's talk about reclaiming our kitchen. Yes. So how do we reclaim our kitchen? If we're cooking, if we're hosting, what, what's the first thing to do? Well, <laughs> my favorite thing is to go into people's homes, open the cupboards, <laughs> open the fridge, open the <laughs> freezer, and start pulling stuff out and reading labels with people. Like, yeah. what is this stuff? And this is Franken food. It's like 27 ingredients. You cover the front of the box. You can't tell what it is. You can't tell if it's a Pop-Tart or a corn dog. It's all the same ingredients. It's basically yeah. white flour. It's maltodextrin, monodiatriglycerides. It's corn syrup. It's white flour. I mean, it's all the same junk put in all kinds of different sizes, shapes, and colors called different names, but it's all the same processed industrial food. And so I help people understand, you know, you don't want stuff that's not going to cause you to thrive in your house. Uh, you know, and you want stuff in there that's not going to cause you to kind of go off the wagon. If you, if you, for example, I love ice cream. Like I, I don't eat ice cream very often, but I really love ice cream. So if I have a bad day and there's a pint of Chunky Monkey Ben and Jerry's in the freezer, guess what? I'm going to go for it. If I have to get in the car and drive you know, five miles to get the ice cream, I'm not going to do it. So don't, don't sabotage yourself by having the stuff in your house. It's going to cause you to have a problem. Yeah. And then pile it with all the good stuff so you don't, your default choices are the right choices. You want to make it easy to do the right thing. So that's really important. And, and you know, yes, people have more sugar and chocolate and all that stuff. I would say go with the stuff that's more like the chocolate stuff and stay away from the cakes and the cookies and all that stuff dark chocolate stuff yeah dark chocolate yeah dark chocolate and you know there's all kinds of great desserts there's great recipes we actually have uh, a great recipes we're going to be giving away as part of this uh, session it's uh it's called back to the dinner table uh and there's 25 great holiday recipes that are going to taste amazing that are going to satisfy you and your friends and family and that are going to create health and not make you feel lousy after you eat it. Yes. So I think it's really important to, to think about how do you do a kitchen makeover? And I've written a lot about this in my books. You know, how do you go in? What do you throw out? What are the ingredients to look for? You don't want anything with trans fat. You want to throw anything with high fructose corn syrup. You don't want anything with butylated hydroxytoluene in it or BHT. Why would you want to eat that? Right. And, and so if it's not in your cupboard that you would put when you're making food yourself, you probably don't want to eat it. Right. I mean, you don't have, you don't have a, a jar of trans fat, or maybe you do if it's Crisco, but uh, you, know, you don't have a red dye number 40 that you sprinkle on your vegetables after you, know, you, you cook them. That's an icing. That's an icing. <laughs> yeah, it, could, so, it could be in processed food, but yeah. you, if, you, if you really don't understand what it is and you don't know where it comes from, like where does red dye number 40 come from? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. Where don't does natural know. vanilla flavor come from? We yeah. talked about that. That's from beaver's anal glands. I mean, <laughs> you want to be careful. So it's really, really important to, to do a detective hunt, like a treasure hunt. You can do it with your, with your family, with your kids. Do a treasure hunt and see what oh, you're actually eating. Game. Yeah. Okay. And then go out and, and try to fill up your uh, cupboard with, with, with staples that you need that are mix and max ingredients, spices, salt and pepper, good olive oil, vinegars, things that you, know, you can use that are condiments that make your food taste good, hot sauces, whatever. There's a lot of great stuff out there. Let's talk about drinks, because I know it's 
you know, talk about season them. for pumpkin <laughs> spice and peppermint mocha or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. all this stuff in the coffee shops. Or some people will get juice, drinks. What do you do when you want to have a nice drink on the, t- on the dinner table? Not what an alcohol drink, but a other drink? Well, we could talk about both. I mean, eggnog, I guess. Is okay. <laughs> I guess it's a little sh- sugary. But, yeah. uh, you know, the, the truth is that, um, you know, we've invented a lot of these things. You know, pumpkin spice latte wasn't something I grew up with over the holidays, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, mocha frappa dupa wappuccino, <laughs> like that is with just. Soy. <laughs> it's soy. Yeah, a lot of stuff. <laughs> uh, you know, I saw the CEO of. of uh, Starbucks recently, and I said to him, why, why do you guys sell so much sugar? I said, it's, Starbucks is like a coffee shop. It's uh, actually a, a sugar dispensary masquerading as a coffee shop. Yes. He said, yeah, we're actually working on that. And so they're actually, there's a, a whole movement in Starbucks to cut down on that, because you can get more sugar in there than you get in a can of soda. Yes. Uh, so I, I think, uh, like, mulled cider, that's awesome. You know, nice, yeah. you know, yeah. six, eight-ounce cup of mulled cider. Yeah, it's a little juicy, but it's fine as a treat. That's fine. But you want to stay away from all the processed stuff. Okay. So, and don't be afraid of fat and oil in your meals. Be afraid of the wrong fats, but uh, not the, the right fats. fats. You don't want to eat processed refined oils. Mm-hmm. You don't want to have trans fats. You don't want uh, all the, the nasty stuff, but you want whole food, plant-rich oils like nuts and seeds and avocados and, and, and really good things. Even even grass-fed meats and fit wild fish, those are all great sources of fat. Sure. Okay, now any grocery, um, grocery shopping tips for everybody that's going to be going out here soon? If they didn't yet for the holidays? Well, you know, one of the best things about the holidays is spending time together with family and connecting with friends. And, you know, the fact is that we've lost the art of cooking. And it's really why we've got these recipes because, you know, you can make all sorts of delicious things together as a family. You can actually, when you go shopping, shop around the outside of the aisle. Don't go in the aisles with all the processed food where it's all pre-prepared. Make stuff from scratch yourself. Take the time. Put on some music. You have all the the Christmas decorations or holiday decorations. You know, it's fun, you yeah. know, and make it a fun thing. I always make cooking fun. Brought people in the kitchen, hung out with my friends, got them to help. You cut this carrot, you peel this onion, you do yeah. whatever. It's yeah. like, right. and it's really an awesome thing. And everybody loves to help and you feel all part of it. And I think that's something we've lost and need to reclaim. I really like the music part because it's, it's a big thing yeah. for me. Yeah. So what about like good mood foods for this gray weather? Is there anything to eat that actually kind of uplifts us, that helps us? Food. Well, the thing that you know gives us a short-term buzz is sugar and starch. So that'll right. that'll that's what we all go for: quick, instant, and then crash. Uh, that is not a long-term strategy. So, lots of good fats are important for your brain. We know omega-3 fats are critical for dealing with depression and and mood issues. We know that vitamin D, uh, you know, deficiency can cause what we call sad seasonal affective yeah. disorder. Uh, using the full-spectrum lights or uh, taking vitamin D can be really helpful and actually with mood issues, getting exercise, getting outside, even if it's cold, going out for a walk, that can make a huge difference in your mood and energy. We know that, that exercise, vigorous exercise regularly is more effective than Prozac or antidepressants for depression. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you travel a whole lot. What is your go-to snack on your way to the plane, from the plane? Cheetos. No. Cheetos? <laughs> Spicy? No. no. <laughs> Flaming hot chips. <laughs> no, I never even. I it, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. It doesn't even look like food to me when I see it. I'm like, oh, what is that? Like, is it art? Is it like a science project? <laughs> like, yeah. what? Like, it doesn't. It doesn't call my name. Like, yeah. I, I wouldn't even want to put that in my mouth. In fact, since I sort of stopped eating all that stuff, my mouth when I put it in, it's, it it just feels like I. I like an assault, and, like, and my tongue gets burning. And yeah, it, I saw you on your own podcast, yeah. Pharmacy 
Spot Pharmacy yeah, and Doctor's app. Pharmacy. And uh, you had a guest that had chips, and he was telling you, and you were oh, like, yeah. no, I won't put that in my mouth. Yeah, so that's he, he actually ate it. I'm he like, ate it. He had I'm not going to do that. He was actually talking about how the food industry, Michael Moss, on my podcast, The Doctor's Pharmacy, that's F-A-R-M-A-C-Y, he was talking about how the food industry designed food to be addictive, to have the right mouthfeel, to melt in your mouth, to dissolve, to have the right sensations and the taste and the addictive properties of sugar yeah. to make people eat more and more. Right. So what I do is I'll, I'll, I bring enough food usually for a day at least. So if I, don't, if I get stuck, I never in a food emergency. So I, so I, for example, have bison bars. I'll have a lot of nuts. I'll have nut butter packets. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have different you know, whole food bars that I, that I eat. All those are really great, and I keep them in my bag, so I never really get into trouble. Okay, good. How about... Um, oh, but by the way, I have, yes. a whole, I have a whole blog on this. You go to drhyman.com and type in food emergency. I have a little video. I show what oh, to put okay. in it, you can, what you can put in your car. For example, you can have a cooler, little cooler bag in your car. You can have something at work. I mean, you go to my desk in my office here at Cleveland Clinic. I got stuff with stuff in the drawers. I'm never in any trouble. So this morning, I, you know, I didn't have time for breakfast, so I had a bag of cashews in my drawer. I had some other things. So I was able to actually eat and not be in a food emergency, which yeah. is the worst thing you can be in. Because sure. then you're going to eat whatever. You'll it's going to be drive-by eating. It smells good, yes. Okay, now yeah, I'm going to talk about... Drive-bys, uh, oh, eat, God. you know, drive-ins, what are they called? Drive-thrus drive, drive throughs kill more people than... <laughs> you don't than even dri- know. You don't yeah, even use no. drive-thrus anymore. <laughs> you forgot what it's called. No, but, but actually, <laughs> drive-thrus kill more people than drive-by shootings wow. by far. Yeah, I can completely imagine yeah. that would be true. Now, I want to talk about my own dinner table. My mom's a food pusher. And um, oh. what I now I want to I want to know that's how she shows love, right? <laughs> Absolutely, eat, and it's eat. disrespectful if you don't eat what she serves. Now, what I tend to do is I intermittent fast until I see her, because <laughs> then I can eat. Is that is that a good idea? What do you do with food pushers? Because there's a lot of them. Well, I, <laughs> allowing yourself to be bullied is not a good strategy, <laughs> <laughs> even by your mother. It's like, are you trying to kill me? And I remember working with um, Rick Warren at Saddleback Church, and we had, you know, fifteen thousand people in the church who wanted to get healthy as part of the Daniel plan. And when I got there, they were having ice cream socials, pancake breakfast. I said, Rick, you're trying to get your congregation to heaven early here. <laughs> like, you're not loving them uh, by doing this. Yes. Uh, and he really got it. And so we cleared out all the stuff. And uh, I think, you know, it's really about surrounding yourself with people who love you and support you and care about you. And now if they're, if they're being negative or hostile, you know, you just ignore them. And if, if you know, I just had this one cookie, I had this one cake, or just do this, if you don't feel like it, you don't want to, you know, you're allowed to say no. And you can say, listen, I'm focused on my health. I want to feel good. You know, this doesn't make me feel good. I mean, I'm sorry, but I love you, but I'm not going to eat that. Okay, so reclaim my kitchen, reclaim my own meals, and reclaim my own willpower. And your own body. Okay, I'll let her know you told me that when she tries. Now, now going through a it's diet. like the invasion of the body snatchers. <laughs> Absolutely. And the food pushers. <laughs> it is. It is, especially during the holidays. Now, a lot of people are trying to diet during the holidays, or maybe like a... Healthy lifestyle changes, what I would say would be more appropriate. What do you say? Um, they died during or after? Dur- well, <laughs> I mean, uh, that's the hard part. You gotta, I, sometimes I feel like you should do it during or start during because after it would be easier. Don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like remembering your I goals. mean, you don't have to make yourself sick and miserable and gain weight mm-hmm. uh, just because it's a holiday. Right, right. You just right. don't. Uh, yeah, there's more things and indulgences, and you can go off a little bit. That's fine. Uh, that we do have feasts and festivals, and that's okay. Yeah. It's just you've got to make sure you know how to reset. And, um, you know, we have a number of programs at the Cleveland Clinic Center for Functional Medicine called Functioning for Life or even Functional Ketogenics where we have, uh, you know, programs. So if you get through the holidays and you really feel like you kind of went off the wagon and messed up and you want to reset, 
be awesome to join one of these programs. We have weight management. We have, you know, ones that are just a 10-day detox ones, which is great. It's like a 10-day reset. So there's all sorts of programs. Yeah. Does it start in January then? Uh, well, it's continually going. Ongoing. So you can go anytime. Or maybe you should do it during the holidays yeah, so that's... you actually don't get into trouble. That's a good idea too. So I was thinking like starting with salad. Right. So if you're really hungry, start with like veggies or salads. Also like a good way of not yeah. indulging. In yeah. The key is to stick, stay away from the bread and alcohol at the beginning of a meal because that'll make you eat more of the whole meal. Okay. So that's the bad news. You know, yeah. And, and you can, you can definitely have, you know, salad, have some protein and fat. That's going to satisfy you. How about being mindful when you're eating? Well, that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. You know, we should try to put your fork down between bites. For those of us shoveling in the next bite before we even finish chewing yeah. the other one we have in our mouth. And, uh, you know, our body can't catch up. It takes 20 minutes for your stomach to tell your brain that you're full. So wow. you, you ever, you know, eat fast and you go, oh, my God, I'm so full. Uh, well, that's because it takes a while for your brain to catch up with your stomach. And yeah. you want to give yourself a chance. Okay. Now I want to talk about alcohol because I'm sure a lot of us will have alcohol on our dinner table. Is there a go-to alcohol drink if we do go for alcohol? Well, it's, all, it's water, all about volume. Alcohol's not terrible, but it's all okay. about volume. You know, you don't want to have a bottle of wine. You have a glass of wine. You want to have... Not a bottle of tequila. You can have a shot or two of tequila. And the, the, the liquors are actually less sugary and have less ability to raise your blood sugar. Also, when you drink is really important. So if you drink wine at the beginning of a meal, you're going to make yourself more prone to be diabetic than if you have it in the middle of a meal or at the end of a meal. So that's important to remember. It's not only what you're drinking, it's when you're drinking. And people often have a drink before dinner, right? Yeah, the cocktail so that's hour. not a good idea. No, okay. Um, and those people that are thinking about New Year's resolution and starting in January and they want to go on their diet, any, any tips uh, how to stay on track? Yeah, I mean, I, w I would do one of our Functioning for Life programs or the 10-day detox. The 10-day detox is a super great way to reset your system. It's basically 10 days and you reboot and it's like, hitting the reset button on your computer and everything goes back to normal. Yeah, and you've talked a lot about community and I want to talk about the shared medical appointments yes. and how you can utilize your own community of whether it's friends, supporters, partners, family for having a support system because it's very, very helpful to have someone. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if your that? entire family is food pushers, you're going to be in trouble. Yes. <laughs> so the key <laughs> is to, to find friends and family who support your health journey, whether it's one coworker, whether it's a spouse, whether it's your kid, uh, and, and whether it's somebody who's a friend, but or a group, you know, we we think the groups are really helpful. One on one is awesome, but also groups can be super powerful. That's what we're finding. We get much better outcomes in our patients who do groups than even one on one visits with our functional medicine docs. Mm -hmm. And people think, oh, it's the second best thing to seeing the doctor. Actually, no, it's better. <laughs> yeah. Which we have the data on, which is pretty amazing because right. people get to spend, you know, 20 hours together. They get to spend time sharing each other's stories, hearing what works, what doesn't work, comparing notes, getting support and education, rather than just like a half an hour, an hour doctor visit, you know, once every five months. Okay, good. And before I go to live questions, I know with this packet right here, um, I'll tell you again at the end of the show, but it's ccf.org slash dinner table. We also have conversation starters in here and how to be mindful, put your phone down maybe when, yeah. you're, when you're having dinner. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and oh jump yeah. to live. Do you have anything else to no, add? No, I mean, it's great. There's a restaurant I, I go to in New yeah. York. Uh, which uh, is called Hearth, and the guy in the restaurant used to walk through, the owner walked through and see everybody on their phones, not talking to each other, disconnected, having dinner at this nice restaurant. So he, he put this little box on the table, says, open me, and inside, it's like this invitation to put your phone in the box for oh. the dinner, 
People put their phones in the box on the side of the table. Oh, that's, yeah. Do, do people do that? Yeah. Another another game we play often is everybody puts their phone in the middle of the table, and the first person to grab their phone has to pay the bill. I've heard about that one. I like that <laughs> one. I always want to keep it down. Yeah, that's a good one. And then people can actually be together and enjoy. That's actually a really good idea. Yeah. yeah, it's a great idea. Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and go to some live questions. Um, I have Teresa. Uh, you saved my husband's life. Thank you. So just a nice comment Okay. Did I do CPR? What I do? I'm not really sure. <laughs> I'm sure it's something similar. And then Brad, uh, my daughter seems really affected by the time changing weather. Maybe it's seasonal affective disorder. What foods can we feed her that might help? Or are there other things that we can do to help her? Well, the things that actually really are full of vitamin D, which is important, uh, and also omega-3 fats, which can help, are uh, mushrooms, certain mushrooms, mushrooms. Particularly porcini mushrooms are very high. And uh, small fatty fish like herring, sardines, they have higher amounts of vitamin D. But you can take vitamin D and also the small fatty fish like herring, sardines, mackerel, anchovies, uh, wild salmon, those all have high levels of omega-3 fats too. Now having kids eat mushrooms and sardines and herring sounds yeah. kind of difficult. Yeah, I'm, that's what I'm saying. So, <laughs> I'm you can, saying. so you can give them a supplement. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but get them off the sugar and the junk because yes. that's going to make them very depressed. Okay. Good to know. And then James, um, can you address foods with nitrates and how nitric oxide is necessary for artery vein function? Nitrates and nitric oxide are two different things. Okay. Sort of like sulfur and sulfa drugs. It sounds similar, but they're not exactly the same. They're related, but um, nitrates are preservatives that are used in processed meat. And there's some data that processed meat may increase cancer risk and that Increased nitrates from things like bacon or hot dogs can cause stomach cancers and throat cancers mm -hmm. and esophagus cancers. So we, you know, we really don't want to be eating a lot of those things. There are some natural nitrates that are in celery and other things. They're not terrible, but uh, you don't want to be piling those on. So nitric, ac nitric oxide is a particular molecule called NO, uh, which is very important in opening up your arteries, relaxing your blood vessels, and, um, and is very important for biological functioning. So that's just our body naturally makes. Uh, you can take arginine and things like that. The nuts have high levels of arginine, which increase nitric oxide, like almonds. So there's ways of increasing that through food. Okay, cool. So is there like a nitrate-free salami? Is that a thing or not? Yeah, they have nitrate-free um, processed meats, but uh, mostly they're, so they're, they're still processed in a way that uses like celery root. It's the same, uh, it's the same thing. Okay. Yeah. All right, and then Sadie, how can you stay on track at Christmas parties and such where all that is available is junk? Without making the host feel bad, you aren't, you aren't eating their food. Well, I would definitely eat beforehand. So okay. I keep stuff in my pockets. Like if, if I go somewhere and I know there's like no food, uh, I might eat before or have a little snack before so I'm not ravenous. And then usually stuff you can pick at. You can like take off the bun and eat the turkey yeah. or you can eat the fruit part of the plate or right. have the garnish. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Eat before you go. Don, what about all the healthy food that is processed even from Whole Foods? Is it better from other grocery stores? Okay, well, not necessarily. So you have to be careful of the sugar. I've gone and seen these natural, you know, green juices that have more sugar than a can of soda, a few more vitamins, but not much better. Uh, and also, again, even processed baked goods like cookies are still cookies, even if they're gluten-free and natural. Um, so you also want to look at uh, the, the differences in, in, the, in the starch and sugar content. That's the big thing. The benefit is they don't have a lot of the weird ingredients that often are in processed food, but sometimes they do, like carrageenan. This is, sounds like it's from seaweed. It's a thickener, and it can cause leaky gut, inflammation, autoimmune disease. So you have to really be smart about how you, how you choose your food. It's not just because it's a whole food that's fine because right. you can get into trouble there. Sure. And then, Nicole, how do you train your brain to practice portion control? I struggle with having just one treat. Instead, I go back for three more. Then I sabotage the rest of my day because I already cheated. 
All right. Tips? Yeah. Sounds like the rest of us. Yeah. If you're drowning, you might as well just go Stop. deeper underwater, <laughs> swimming to the top and catch some air. Stop I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> if you go off the wagon, even if it's an hour, you can get back on. You don't have to give away the whole day. That's not fair. But the truth is, this is a biological problem. When, you, when you're actually eating sugary foods, your body is uh, like having crack cocaine. Mm. And it activates the same brain areas. It causes the same types of cravings. Uh, it's not, you're not going to figure it out. When, it, when it's a battle of your metabolism over your mind, your metabolism is going to win out every time. And the hormones and all that get produced when you're eating starch and sugar cause you to crave more, eat more, want more. So the best thing is, you know, fat is the best thing to actually cut that. You know, if you're someone who's really insulin resistant, it's going to be very tough because you're going to, you know, you're going to gain weight just looking at a bagel, right? Or just looking at a cookie because your body produces insulin that makes you store fat, makes you hungry, and it creates this whole vicious cycle. So it's really important to, to not... Uh, try to do that if you're one of those people that get triggered. So cut it cold turkey. Or, or you know, have different treats like chocolate, you know. Yeah. I mean, you can't eat, it's hard to eat a ton of chocolate. You sure. kind of get sick of it after a bit. Right. Whereas right. you could eat 12 cookies with no problem. I don't problem. think everybody will agree with you when you say that. But Sandra wants to know, what do you, um, what do, what to suggest as a substitute for recipes that call for shortening? Tried butter for pie crust, but didn't turn out so great. Really? Butter is what they made pie crust out of. That's what I was thinking too. So we keep it butter? Um, yeah, I mean, people make it with different kinds of fats, like yeah. coconut oil and butter. But you coconut know, oil. Yeah. Okay, great. And then Maria, what can I do with canola oil? I purchased, but since now I know it's not healthy. What other use does it have? Um, you know, you could, um, you know, kind of lubricate some of your tools <laughs> in your garage. For you, to <laughs> you could. Uh, <laughs> You could rub it on your skin, although it'll go through your skin, so you don't want to do that. Not even on your skin. Uh, I guess it could be massage oil for your dog, maybe. Oh my I don't goodness! Know. Yeah, don't use it. I would yeah. just not use it at that point. <laughs> yeah, Turn it it's pretty it. cheap. It's a pretty nasty product. Yeah. Okay. Good. So don't use that. And Timothy, my issue is I cook meals with a family member. He tends to buy overly processed things and is set in his ways. But when I shop, I get more healthy choices as I'm going through the bariatric program at the Cleveland Clinic. I guess the question is, how do I cook the meals he likes for him and then stay strong to cook the healthier options for myself afterwards without being tempted? Well, the first problem is if your friend is eating crap, then you don't want to cook for him. Like, like why would you be serving up your friend like things that are going to make him sick and die? So that doesn't sound like a friend to me. So I think the best thing is if he wants to eat that, let him figure it out himself. Uh, a second, <laughs> the second thing is, um, you know, focus on your health and yourself first. And, you know, uh, you know, you might need to eat separately. You might need to figure out a different way. You might need to get him into the program with you or help him join the weight loss program that we have, uh, the weight management program we have in our functioning for life at Cleveland Clinic because doing it together with him can be a big, big solution. So getting him, you know, encouraged, seeing how the results affect you, Showing your improvement can often inspire him. So I, w I would really focus on that. Okay, you're making me concerned as a mother of two little ones because I'll try not to eat rice or bread or anything, but then they want their rice and their bread. Am I doing it a disservice by doing separate food for them, or should they just cut out the carbs too? You know what I mean? Well, there was, only, it was, there was only two things on the menu at my house when my kids were growing up. Take it or leave it. Yes. <laughs> <I> <laughs> right? Like that, yeah. There was no, there was yeah, no, no menu. Option. Uh, there was no options. It was like this is what we're having for dinner. And, uh, you know, we did have grains and things, but they were whole grains. Okay. So whole grains. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And then Kathy, how does, um, is it agave affect my blood sugar resistance? Yeah. Uh, well, agave sounds healthy. It's from a cactus, all natural, right? But 
Uh, arsenic is natural too, so that doesn't make it healthy. Uh, agave is uh, mostly fructose, which is uh, actually more harmful just taken straight than regular sugar. Uh, it causes fatty liver, causes more insulin resistance, more inflammation, leaky gut. It's not, it's not a great thing to have. So I would stick with like coconut sugar or monk fruit um, or you know, even a little stevia, even honey, maple syrup, um, regular sugar rather than taking some weird stuff. Okay. Did you say coconut sugar? Yeah. I've never heard of that. Yeah, coconut sugar is lower glycemic. It's quite oh. good, yeah. And then Debbie um, is asking about your program. Is it really available in, o in Avon, Ohio? Um, yeah, we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're growing so fast. I think we open in Lakewood, we open in uh, here, we open in like a, multi a bunch of different, uh, different areas. So we're going to be doing uh, those groups in Avon. So yes, sign up. Okay, Call good. Us. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll give you a link as well in the comment section of the locations of where that functional medicine program is yeah. located. Joyce, I love cooking soups, dishes with all sorts of different dried heirloom beans, legumes. Do you truly think that they should be eliminated from our diets? No, I don't think beans should be eliminated. I think you've got to cook them properly, yeah. uh, which means often soaking them overnight, draining the water, cooking them with uh, seaweed like kombu to help with the... Um, you know the gaseousness and other issues. So there's there's ways to cook them right. Uh, you can pressure cook them. So yeah, no, I think they can be a great addition to our diet for many people. Some people don't tolerate them if you have autoimmune disease, if you're really, uh, you know, I, you know, you're having a lot of gut issues. Uh, now there's these continuous glucose monitors, which people have like wear on their arm, and it literally gives them a, you know, literally second by second reading of their blood sugar. Yeah. Uh, and what's clear is, you know, some diabetics they eat beans or grains, which can be healthy, and their blood sugars go crazy. So. It really depends on you know the patient, the individual. For most people, they're a really great food and a great source of nutrients. Um, and soak it overnight. Yeah, soak it overnight, pressure cook it. That's okay, great. Yeah. And then Maria, how does drinking coffee on an empty stomach affect diabetes patients? That's a great question, depends. It can be, it can be a little bit irritating because it does increase adrenaline and increases cortisol, which increases blood sugar. So it might, it might have adverse effects. If you have it probably with food, it's a little better. What about black coffee? I drink black coffee usually until lunchtime. Is that bad? That's all you drink? That's all you eat? It, for, and from, that's I intermittent fast. So yeah, I'll, I'll just drink coffee and water until lunchtime. They call it intermittent fast because you're going so fast from the coffee? Is that <laughs> Basically. It's just like one cup. <laughs> right. um, okay, so Cam, is it true that drinking celery juice has health-positive benefits for chronic illness? It can. It can be a diuretic. It can be helpful with various uh, issues that, you know, an inflammation and swelling, edema. So, yeah, it can be great. I mean, it, but you don't want to OD on anything. And I had a person today was having two cups of raw kale every day, which sounds healthy, but it turned out we know that kale can suppress your thyroid, especially if it's raw. So I told her, don't do that anymore because <laughs> her thyroid was starting to come low and she was losing her hair. I'm like, so yeah, even, you know, water is really great, right? But you can OD on water. There are people who have seizures and die from drinking too much water. So it's just a matter of everything in moderation. Okay, great. Um, Jennifer wants to know, what can you serve if you're hosting a party? Oh, my God. Well, you can serve <laughs> this back to din dinner table, right? And again, it's ccf.org slash dinner table. It has 25 recipes And they're for, for the holidays. They're holiday yeah, recipes. And they're like everything, breakfast. Yeah, dessert, dessert breakfast, lunch, dinner, so you everything. Can, we'll, we'll, we'll put that in the comment section below as well. Even cookies. Yeah, and then Betty, um, if others see you the good cheat. Wait, the good, the good kind cookies? of cookies? Yeah, no, see you got to make sure. Just see, the good back. cookies are... <laughs> You're looking for Our, the cookie recipe? Here, pumpkin spice cookies. And there's okay. made with applesauce and uh, coconut oil. And maple almond syrup. Almond flour, maple syrup a little bit. But only a tablespoon for like three dozen cookies. So yeah. it's not like a lot. Good. Uh, pumpkin spices, chips, even chocolate chips. I mean, uh, pecans, even little 
dark chocolate chips. So you can really have good stuff. And it's, you know, they're, they're really very low sugar, lots of fiber, uh, good quality food. And these are all 25 recipes approved by Dr. Hyman. So yeah. we're good to go. All right. So Betty, um, if others see you cheat, they make you feel guilty and say, I didn't think you could have pumpkin pie, etc." Especially if you have SIBO, SIFO. So people are food shaming you? Yeah, severe IBS. How far do you set yourself back by having something off your diet? That's like uh, pleasing others listen, for your own... You have to listen to the smartest doctor yeah, for that question. And the smartest doctor is your own body. Oh. <laughs> it will tell you immediately and give you feedback. If you run to the bathroom after eating something or you feel lousy or you have a headache or your nose starts running or you're so tired you can't even think or you have brain fog, well, guess what? Or your joints hurt, you get pimples, probably not a good idea for you. Yeah, okay. Because everything you eat, is affecting your body somehow, brain, physical, mental, everything. All right, great. And then Michelle, it's just another comment. Uh, Cleveland Clinic Functional Medicine has saved my life. Love what you do. Oh, thank you. (laughs) And uh, Christy, what are some travel food suggestions? Well, we we, like I said, you go to the drhyman.com website and you go to the food emergency uh, blog and I write all down what brands to get, what to do. But, you know, sometimes I'll even pack like a can of wild salmon or I'll pack Packs of nut butters, uh, bison bars, just simple things. Mostly protein and fat. Most snacks, snacks are carbs, are mm-hmm. starch and sugar. So I just stay away from those, and I just eat things that are very nutrient dense that I can eat and quickly and not and feel you know full and satisfied. They're not going to mommy eat you know twelve more cookies. What about like if you get like hum, uh, like hummus? Yeah, I mean is it depends. Okay, because I know it's processed. Well, it's hummus store. is okay except. Um, if you're traveling, it has to be cold. So there's a, you know, right. like in my car, like you know, or if you're traveling, you can put a little freezer pack in there. That's fine. But uh, you really want to make sure you get the right um, foods for your situation. If you're traveling on a plane or busy, you don't want something that's going to perish. Or if you're in Cleveland, Ohio, you could just leave it out. Yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll be cold. <laughs> and then Mohammed wants to know, what can we do about GMOs if we can't afford organic? That's a loaded question. Uh, organic is good, but we have so much cheaper... So many cheap yeah. options that are not organic. Well, here's the thing. I mean, the, 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 the data is out on GMOs. We don't know if, if um, the hype about how dangerous they are is really true. We, we, we need more science on it. They were sort of approved before we really had the good science. We do know that some things like glyphosate, which is what they spray on soybeans and wheat and all these products, corn, uh, that, that actually is harmful and it's been shown to be carcinogenic by different groups, including the World Health Organization. Um, so that, you know, that's a bit tricky. So so the foods you want to sort of stay away from are the really highly sprayed foods like like uh, non-GMO soy, which is not expensive, uh, non-GMO wheat, um, which is not expensive. Uh, and I think that, you know, there's a hierarchy of priorities. You know, if you are, are having issues around being able to afford food, you can get really good quality food, but it's not that expensive. And I think there are ways to do that, whether they're online shopping resources, things like Trader Joe's, Costco. Walmart now is the biggest purveyor of organic food in the country. Yep. Um, And so there's ways to get it. (coughs) There's also, you know, things like Thrive Market, which are online stores that have 20 to 55% off on on healthy food. And then there's a great guide by the Environmental Working Group called Good Food on a Tight Budget, which is how to eat good food that's good for you, good for the planet, and good for your wallet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you don't have to have a $70 grass-fed ribeye steak. You can find other cuts of meat or other poultry or fish that are cheaper, other grains and beans, vegetables that are cheaper. You don't have to have every heirloom like tomato, but you can have you know, good quality vegetables and fruit. And if, if, if you start with that, just whole food, and like get rid of the processed stuff, 
everything was going to change. Right, and you cut off the list. You can cut the cereal. You can cut some of that milk. You can cut that mac and yeah. cheese. You can cut oh, all that. Yeah. And you have I mean, uh, cereal, you know, the cereal levels in like Cheerios and of, of glyphosate are extremely high. Yeah. 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 Well, there you go. Well, actually, Eva also has a question, but sh her question is about vegetarian meats. What's your opinion on vegetarian meats? Or maybe she meant meal. Meat. Meat? Vegetarian meat? Yeah, fake meat. Oh, what is that exactly? Well, there's a lot of them out there. There's Impossible Meat. There's Beyond Meat, which is actually grown in a laboratory, but that's not vegetarian. There's, uh, you know, all the soy hot dogs and soy burgers and all this stuff. Now, <clears throat> some of it can be okay. If it's GMO soy, probably wouldn't do it. Um, uh, and it should be whole soy, not isolated soy protein, which can be very carcinogenic in animal studies. Uh, it should also be... Um, you know, food that is, is uh, you know, not going to sort of, you know, make you really sick. Okay. So let's talk about soy a little bit. Is, is, are our bodies made to digest soy? Well, that's, you know, when you look at traditional soy consumption, the soy is highly processed in a, in a good way. In other words, it's fermented like in tempeh or natto uh, and miso. These are all fermented and broken down with enzymes. So it's easier to digest or tofu, often easier to digest. Uh, so those are the kinds of ways I would contend to consume soy. Okay, great. All right, I'm just going to end it with a question for you. What is your guilty pleasure? Do you have food during the holidays that you're like, okay, I'm just going to have a little piece of what? Fill in the blank. You can be honest. I'm just thinking. Um, <laughs> I love dark chocolate almonds, I have to say. Yeah. They're so good. Dark chocolate. Yeah, chocolate. Okay. Dark okay. chocolate. I knew you weren't going to tell the truth. No, I, I, I would. I mean, what, what is my favorite thing? There's my favorite, that you my just favorite thing is pecan pie. There you go. There it is. There pecan it is. pie <laughs> uh, with coconut whipped cream with a gluten free crust. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. <laughs> okay. Is there anything else that you want to end this with? I mean, let's first of all talk about this again. Well, this is free. Okay. 25 recipes, some of my best recipes for the holidays. Uh, food that's going to taste good, make you feel good, and not leave you on the couch in a coma after, uh, which many of us are <laughs> in yeah, the holidays. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you, you just have to uh, go to ccf.org. That's Cleveland Clinic Foundation, ccf.org forward slash dinner table. ccf.org forward slash dinner table. And we have inspired conversation starters, and they're literally yeah. questions that you can yeah. ask yeah. people you know, on, the, on the dinner table. Like, what's your like, first memory of life? That's right. pretty deep. Yeah, so you know, one of the things at dinner we don't do is uh, we don't really have deep conversations anymore. You know, I think we, we all are either watching TV or on our phones or rushing through a meal that's produced, uh, you know, in some factory. And often family is, you know, the average family sits for less than 20 minutes, three times a week eating dinner. And when they do, it's usually uh, some factory processed food that they've microwaved or put in the oven. And each one eating a different thing from a different factory. It's on the iPad. Uh, yeah. And that is not a way for connected. Yeah. And we know that family dinners, we know that community dinners are so therapeutic. Kids who eat dinner with their family regularly have less obesity, less eating disorders, less drug use, do better in school, uh, much, much healthier and productive. Uh, and having deep conversations is really important. So I would say, you know, during the holidays, have a phone box. You know, everybody put their phone in the box mm -hmm. or, or somewhere, like a drawer. Mm -hmm. And like, you just leave it. And nobody's going to die. Nobody's going to go through seizures or withdrawal. And, and you start dinner with a collective conversation. And there's a lot of thought starters, uh, question starters here that people can use. But around the table, like, you know, what, when, would you, when did you feel most loved? What's, what's the thing that you're looking forward to this year? Like, what really matters? Like, 
deeper questions that get people connected to each other. And that creates such a healing response. It'll help you digest your food better. It's way more fun. And I would say just time for the holidays is to be together. Yeah, and these questions should be all the time, not just yeah. dinner table. Those are great questions. All right. And then, of course, we have the, the Functioning for Life program, which I encourage you to check out. Um, you can go to our Cleveland Clinic, uh, just type in Cleveland Clinic Center for Functional Medicine. You can find it online. And we do programs on autoimmune disease, on diabetes, on weight management, on, um, on uh, functional keto. We have a kids program. We're growing all the time. So really encourage you to check it out. It's so powerful, especially if you feel like after the holidays you get stuck. You want to do it before the holidays, great. But if you're after the holidays and just kind of went on downslide, you want to reset, it's just the best way to do it. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time. Of course. And for the latest Cleveland Clinic health news and information, make sure you follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, and Instagram at Cleveland Clinic One Word. We'll see you again next time. Thank you. This concludes this Cleveland Clinic Health Essentials podcast. Thank you for listening. Join us again soon.